Like it or not, it was George who put us on the map. Which was more or less true. It was the general rule that in vaudeville, a trade filled with indignities of all kinds, no one was shat upon more than the house pianist. He accompanied nearly every act, and every ego that crossed the stage got thoroughly massaged by abusing him. If a joke went sour, it was because the pianist was too late and spoiled the delivery. If a dramatic bit was flat, it was because the pianist was too lively. If an acrobat stumbled, it was because the pianist distracted him. But in his time at Ottermans, George had accomplished the impossible. He'd given them no room for complaints. After playing through the first rehearsal, he would know the act better than the actors did, which was saying something, as every actor had fine-tuned their performance with almost lapidary attention. He hit every beat, wrung every laugh out of every delivery, and knew when to speed things up or slow them down. He seemed to have the uncanny ability to augment every performance he accompanied. Word spread, and many acts became more amenable to performing at Ottomans, which occupied a rather obscure spot on the Keith Alvey circuit. Yet now he was leaving, almost as abruptly as he'd arrived. It put them in a pretty tight spot. Greta Mayfield was coming specifically because she'd agreed to have George accompany her. But that was just the start. After a moment's review, the orchestra came to the horrifying conclusion that at least a quarter of the acts of the next week had agreed to visit Ottermans only because George met their high standards. After Tofty frantically spread the word, wild speculation followed. Did anyone know the reason behind the departure? Could anyone guess? Perhaps, Victor suggested, he was finally going to tour with an act of his own, or maybe he was heading straight to the legitimate meaning well-respected orchestras and symphonies, rather than lowly vaudeville. But Tofty said he'd heard nothing about George making those sorts of movements, and he would know, wouldn't he? Maybe he'd been lured away by another theater, someone said. But Van Hover would definitely ante up to keep George, Catherine pointed out, and the only theaters that could outbid him were very far away and would never send scouts out here. What could the boy possibly be thinking? They wasted the whole morning debating the subject, yet they never reached an answer. George did his best to ignore the flurry of gossip as he gathered his belongings, but it was difficult. As he'd not yet made a formal resignation to Van Hover, everyone tried to find the reason behind his desertion in hopes that they could fix it. Is it the money, George? Tofty asked. Did Van Hover turn you down for a raise? No, answered George. No, it was not the money. Is it the acts, George? asked Archie. Did one of the acts insult you? You've got to ignore those bastards, Georgie. They can be so ornery sometimes. But George scoffed haughtily and said that no, it was certainly not any of the acts. The other musicians cursed Archie for such a silly question. Of course it wasn't any of the performers, as George never gave them reason for objection. Is it a girl, George? asked Victor. You can tell me. I can keep a secret. It's a girl, isn't it? At this, George turned a brilliant red and sputtered angrily for a moment. No, he eventually said. No, thank you very much. It was not a girl. Then was it something Tofty said? asked Catherine. After all, he was who you were talking to just before you said you quit. What? cried Tofty. 
What a horrendous accusation. We were only talking theater hearsay, I tell you. I simply mentioned how Van Hover was angry that an act had skipped us on the circuit. At that, George's face became strangely still. He stopped gathering up his sheet music and looked away for a minute. But finally, he said no, Tofty had nothing to do with it. And would you all please leave me alone? he asked. This decision has nothing to do with you, and furthermore, there's nothing that will change it. The other musicians, seeing how serious he was, grumbled and shuffled away. Once they were gone, George scratched his head and tried not to smile. Despite his solemn demeanor, he'd enjoyed watching them clamor to please him. The smile vanished as he returned to his packing and the decision he'd made. The orchestra did not matter, he told himself. Ottermans didn't matter anymore. The only thing that mattered now was getting out the door and on the road as soon as possible. After he'd collected the last of his belongings, he headed for his final...